You're listening to the Health Smut Podcast. I'm Dottie Dynamo, sexy worker, burlesque dancer, and the stripper health coach at Fit Show Girl. The health, fitness, and adult entertainment industries are full of dirty diet culture, and I'm here to help you strip it all away so you can quit picking apart your body, dominate the weight room, and build a healthier hustle. Okay, sexy friends, welcome to today's episode of Health Smut. Today we're talking about the time I got hit by a car on the way to the club to dance. And you might be wondering, what the hell does you getting hit by a car have to do with stripping or fitness or any of that? But actually, it has everything to do with all of it. So let's just dive into the story first. So it was, I don't know, a night because doesn't matter when you work nightlife what day it is. And I lived about a seven-ish minute ride from my apartment to the club in Brooklyn that I worked. And I rode my bike to work all the time because I rode my bike pretty much everywhere. So I had all my stuff like uh, packed up on my bike. I have a headlight, I have taillights, I have flashing lights because you know I'm too pretty to die. I highly recommend always having all the safety gear. I had my helmet, everything. I'm driving to work, there's another bicyclist in front of me or behind me, maybe both, and we get stopped at a red light. And the light turns green in this particular intersection. It is sort of, it's you can go straight or you can take a slight right. It's not a hard right, it's a slight right. So light turns green, I'm going straight. The bike lane, of course, is to the right of the cars. I go straight, this car takes a slight right into me. And so it sideswiped me, hit me on the left side. I hit the left side of the car. I fell into the road on the left side. Best part, the car kept driving. So the car drives off. I've just been sideswiped by a car. The bicyclist behind me comes up, somebody who's walking their bike comes over to check on me. By, I mean, bystanders, every bystanders, <laughs> that's a word, bystanders, everywhere saw the incident. There even happened to be two foot police um, across the block at one of the like project buildings that are in the area. And so they walk over and they, of course, are the best part of this whole story, right? Because all these people are checking on me. I'm okay. I mean, I'm really shooken up. I don't seem to be bleeding anywhere. I'm in pain. The adrenaline is soaring throughout my body. These police officers come over and just, they're like, oh, are you sure you got hit? It looked like you just fell. Am, Am I sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure the car hit me. And then they asked, you know, if I wanted an ambulance, which I declined because I wasn't bleeding. I had maybe three more, four more minutes of bike riding to get where I was going. My bike seemed fine. I had to put the the chain back on because the chain had slipped off. But other than that, like everything was fine. And I just wanted to get to work because that is who I am. Just wanted to get to where I knew there were people that I knew who if I wanted to go to the hospital could take me there versus getting an ambulance because money, right? 
And also in the back of my head, the wheel immediately was spinning of like, I can't not go to work. If I don't go to work, I don't make money. So as soon as I told these officers who were just foot police, um, who were doing a really shitty job at their job, but a cab, right? Um, as soon as I told them I didn't want an ambulance, they just let me go. And in my like super hyped up adrenaline state, I didn't even consider the fact that whether I wanted an ambulance or not, they should have made a report of the incident. So now I've been sideswiped in a hit and run and there's no report of it. So I'm sure you can imagine how that goes over in the future as far as medical bills. So I get to work, right? I, I, I ride my bike the rest of the way to work and my adrenaline's on high. I walk in, I'm pretty much just trying to hold back tears and the bartender sees me. I've worked at this club for seven years at this point. Everybody knows me. I walk in, I'm, my face is red. I asked the bouncer to carry my bike down to the basement so I didn't have to. And I'm just like, I need a double shot of tequila and I need it now. And I told her what happened. So she just poured me a giant shot and then she poured me another one. Probably not the wisest decision having, you know, uh, adrenaline and probably sustained injuries that hadn't really taken full effect yet, but that's what I did. (laughs) So I drank a bunch of tequila. I went downstairs. I sat in the office and cried for a while with my manager. And he was like, are you sure you don't want to go to the hospital? And I was like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. I can't, I'll go to the hospital later. It's fine. I mean, my shoulder hurts. It was definitely, it looked like it was dislocated still not going to the hospital, don't be me. So I considered taking some aspirin and then I was like, well, maybe not because I just had a bunch of tequila and let's be honest, I probably will have more tequila. So I go back into the locker room, everyone starts swarming me, which I cannot handle. I have issues with being, I don't want to say coddled, but Um, supported when I'm going through something like I need to be left alone so that was hard but in the end they were amazing they helped me get undressed because I could not lift my arm they helped me get into my stripper gear they helped me get on my shoes they helped me do my hair because there are no one in the world like your stripper sisters there really is not so we do all of this and I go upstairs to do my stage set with a drink ticket in hand. I actually still have one of the drink tickets that my manager wrote me that night because he drew a picture of a bicycle and then someone falling off of it, which I actually thought was hilarious. So I still have that drink ticket to the to this day. I just showed it to the bartender. And I was like, I'm keeping this, but I, I get to have a drink. Um, it was on my refrigerator <laughs> for a very long time. So I get upstairs, I do my stage set and I just do my absolute best to not move my left arm. I try to like gracefully hold it on my thigh and just like sort of rub my hand up and down my left thigh so it looks like I'm using my arm and trying to be sexy when really I'm trying to camouflage the fact that I cannot move my left arm without extreme pain. In between stage sets, I would get a bar rag and some ice and go into the ice room and ice my shoulder for about 15 minutes. And then I would come out and work the floor. 
I still sold dances. I just was very adamant that no one should touch me. Um, and if they did touch me, I was just extra bitch or I would make them tip me, whatever it was. Like I was very adamant about things. And then everybody was so amazing. All the girls that night, the bartenders, everybody, they were just like, there's a guy over there and he's buying champagne and he's like tipping people, go sit with him, go sit with him. They were, they were literally fielding me to customers that I would be able to make money with and not have to do a lot. And that I think is so important just in general sidetracking the like working together for the greater good instead of being super competitive, right? Everybody knew, (laughs) one, that I'm a crazy bitch and I was still working despite being hit by a car, but also then just trying to make my night as easy and as lucrative as possible. So I do this, I work till the very end of the night. I um, helped to get redressed and then I take a cab home. Once I get home, I change out, I wash my face, I put on some more comfortable clothes and I took a cab to the hospital. So I got to the hospital around five in the morning, which actually ended up being in my favor because there was nobody in the ER at five in the morning in Brooklyn, amazingly. So I get to the ER and you know, they take me through, they do all the things. I get sent for an X-ray. They ended up giving me huge shots of pain pills, put me in a sling set up a follow-up appointment with an orthopedic doctor and send me home. I, when I tell you that I could not sit up the next day from the pain, like the pain was so excruciating that I really didn't get out of bed the next day. And that's when the severity of what happened really sort of kicked in. And then at this point, right, my my brain is spiraling of what am I going to do? I teach fitness classes. I had just got hired at a new gym and now my arm is in a sling and I'm in excruciating pain and what am I going to do? I also had a tour coming up in a few weeks where I was going out to California, Arizona, and Vegas to perform burlesque and to dance at clubs and I'm just like, I can't, I can't cancel this. I've already spent all the money on the flights and you know, all these wheels are turning about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's going to be no money coming in. So I still went, I still went on tour. I took a couple days off from teaching my fitness classes because I could not do them. Uh, I bartended in a sling, which actually led to a lot of sympathy tips. So I don't regret that decision. And I just had to have the bar back open all the bottles for me, uh, which was actually kind of similar to when I got my breast implants because I couldn't open things for a while. So the bar back had to do that for me. So it kind of brought some of that back. Um, But yeah, I bartended in a sling. I still danced. I just... um, I started dancing less shifts. So instead of dancing like two or three nights a week, I was bartending my normal shifts and then dancing once a week to offset the fact that I was losing income from not being able to teach my fitness classes. I still had burlesque shows that I had to do. And so now all of the music that I had sent for acts, I had to email all the producers and be like, hey, I can't do that act after all. I need 
to switch it out for this because I now had to think about what costumes do I have that I can get in and out of without having to lift my arm or move my arm in a weird way so that you can't tell that I'm injured without having to cancel my gig. Right? This is the reality of working in an industry where you are an independent contractor and when you are not working, you're not making money. And so to get to the point of how does this tie into fitness? I, so I ended up with diagnosed with frozen shoulder, but that was after getting three second opinions and having to request an MRI through my insurance multiple times, which kept getting denied. So I finally paid for one out of my own pocket, which I was already paying for most of my bills out of pocket because it was a hit and run and there was no report of the accident. Um, so this cost me a lot of money. So now not only was I losing money from not being able to work the same amount, I was shoveling out money left and right for medical bills. It was three months before I was able to lift my arm overhead again, my left arm. And I know, I know 100% certainty that the reason why I was able to rebound as quickly, the fact that a year and a half later, I am back to pretty much, I would say on my injured side, like 80% of my strength is back. I still have some mobility issues here and there, but it's pretty much back. And I guarantee you, this is because at the point when I got hit by the car, I had been lifting weights and training for eight, nine years at that point. So my body had built up a resiliency. My body was able to recover quicker from the accident because I had been utilizing my muscles in that way. I damaged, so I ended up damaging um, my biceps brachii and some of my rotator cuff muscles were not working properly anymore. So I had to go to physical therapy for quite a long time to retrain those muscles how to work. And then on top of that, I had the frozen shoulder from being told to not do much with my arm because they thought I had torn my labrum, which was why I was trying so hard to get an MRI because if I had torn my labrum, I was screwed. I didn't know what I was gonna do as far as all of my jobs went because that that diagnosis is either you get surgery or you get like shots for the rest of your life pretty much. Um, so it was not a good, it was not a good outlook. And on top of this, this all happened just a shy, shy of a year of when COVID happened, right? So I was finally getting back to some sort of financial stability and ability to work regularly and lift regularly again when COVID happened. And I have to say, and I hate, I even hate to say this, but COVID was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to finally take rest. (laughs) It forced my ass to finally rest, which also probably had something to do with 
how much faster my arm started to regain strength at that point. Because up until then, I was still much weaker on my left side. But then suddenly, right? Suddenly I wasn't bartending two nights a week. Suddenly I wasn't teaching two fitness classes a week. Suddenly I wasn't dancing two nights a week. Suddenly I wasn't doing burlesque gigs three to five times a month. So my body was forced to rest. And that definitely helped my injury as well. But I, I know if it wasn't for my fitness level that I had developed at that point by the time I got hit by that car. And that was in, when did I get hit by the car? It was 2019. Was it 2019? Oh shit. Yeah. It was 2019, uh, around September, like right around Labor Day weekend of 2019 was when I got hit by the car. So my body was able to adapt and recover and regain, regain strength so much faster because I had the fitness level that I had. Because at that point, the exercises I had to do in PT pretty much mimicked exercises I had been doing in the gym forever, just with a little bit different approach because we were trying to retrain muscles how to work. Now imagine if I hadn't been lifting all of that time, so my muscles had never built the adaptations, had never built the strength, it would have taken so much longer to recover from that injury. I probably would have had to have taken so much more time off work. I would have needed 10 times as much physical therapy. I wouldn't be back to where I am in my training now if it wasn't for that, right? And there are no sick days in this industry. I don't have to tell you that. I know that you know that. I know that you know that because I'm sure you can count on your hand, both hands, including your toes, how many times you've gone into work when you're sick. Because if you don't go to work, how are you going to make any money? And this whole idea that we don't, we don't think about the longevity of what we're doing. We're just showing up day to day, but we're not approaching our health in a way that prepares us for the longevity of things. Your body is literally your business in the sense that you have to be able to show up and dance. And even if your club doesn't do stage sets or you have the option to pay money to not go on stage, you still gotta be able to move around. You have to be able to give a lap dance. You have to be able to do these things. And if you're injured and you can't go to work, then you can't do them. And if you haven't built up a resiliency in your body, you're going to get sick a lot more. You're going to, you have a higher likelihood of injury. You have a higher likelihood of those injuries taking longer to recover, which means you've landed yourself without a way to make a living. And if you're super lucky like me, a pile of unexpected medical bills. So now you are financially fucked twofold. There's no money coming in and there's money going out that you were not expecting for. So how are you currently, and currently, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, because majority of us are not back dancing right now, but if you are back, 
how are you planning for injury and sickness, both in terms of your health and your money? And are you? Because, yeah, like we could, you know, you can go to the gym all day long here or there because you're obsessing over some aesthetic pursuit. But what if you considered for a moment the fact that your ability to show up and train in the gym will actually help you build a better immune response and so you won't get sick as easily. It will help you build better muscular adaptations and a higher fitness level, which will mean if you approach it correctly and you aren't overtraining and aren't overexerting yourself, you will lessen your likelihood of injury and increase the rate of recovery when you do get injured. These are super, super, super important things that unfortunately don't really get talked about in this industry. We don't ever talk about maintaining our health. We only talk about how we're going to secure the bag. But how are you going to secure the bag if you can't be at work? So how are you? How are you planning for injury and illness, both in terms of your health and your money, and are you? So just to make this a little bit more actionable for you, something to take away, if you, in the past, right, if you were somebody who got sick all the time, what are ways that you can do something just a little bit better going forward? Maybe that means you start to take your fitness level a little bit more seriously. And I do not mean going gung-ho with cardio because that's just going to deplete your energy. But you start thinking about training and lifting in a way that supports your work. As far as your money goes, are you tracking your income? If you're not tracking your income, if you aren't setting aside a certain amount from every shift to put away into savings, how are you setting yourself up to be okay in the instance that a random ass situation happens where you get hit by a car on the way to work? These are things we have to think about, but we don't because we're young and we're strippers and we're invincible and the money is fast and it's there constantly. We just go in and we make money and we go in and we go make money and we go in and we make money. So we don't think, we don't plan for the unexpected events of life. We don't plan for sickness. We don't plan for illness. We don't plan for vacation other than from the concept of I'll just work extra hard for two weeks and save up the money so I can go on vacation and then when I get back I'll just work really hard for a couple weeks to make it back up. That is the fastest way to burn yourself and your body out. So um, one last time, this is my question for you and something for you to take away to think about what is one thing you can do today, even if you're not back in the club, maybe this is something to consider right as you move back into that. What is one thing that you can do today in terms of your health and what is one thing you can do today in terms of your money to better plan for the unexpected of illness and injury when you are in an industry that does not have sick days.
that's all I have for you. Have a fucking great one, and we'll talk soon.